City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. It's Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina, and welcome to another edition of City Quick Connect podcast. Uh, yeah, if you're asking me the question of who I have on today, um, let me introduce you to a new guest. Uh, no, oh, no, it's not a new no. one. Oh, we've got Scott. Okay. Yeah. Scott, like welcome. Those, just like those, uh, those guys who hit the, hit the ball straight down the fairway off of every tee box. It's just so boring. That's, and predictable. I'll bring to you that predictable, steady, you know, just, <laughs> There you go. Uh, Scott, let's see. This is a little bit of a a weird week for us um, coming up as far as the legislative schedule. So let's talk about that just a second, and then we'll go back into last week's action. So today is a regular old Monday. This week, the House is on furlough. It's what they call their furlough week. It's a spring spring break. break. Yeah, they're on spring break. It's a spring break. Um, and so they will not meet in subcommittee, committee, or on the floor. So we will not, House members will not be in town this week for any of those meetings, any meetings. The Senate is in regular session tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday. They will not be in session on Thursday. Um, they, the president of the Senate, Senator Harvey Peeler from Gaffney, he gave the Senate that day as a perfunctory day because it's the, the Thursday before Easter. So they are, they will not meet, they call it perfunctory session, but they will not meet in session that Thursday. Um, we will have normal meetings tomorrow and Wednesday. Um, and we're, we're, you know, looking, looking through those right now. So that's kind of what we, we've got. We are at the end of March, the last week of March, actually. Yep. And we are coming up pretty quick to crossover. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Crossover, I believe, is Thursday, April the 8th. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically it's that Friday. Isn't it that Friday? Well, yeah, because they can still Next, give a bill yeah. that third, a third reading on that Friday right. the 9th. But, 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 but the last session day for them to take any action yeah. on, for that Friday would be Thursday, April the 8th. Next, yeah, next Thursday. That's right. Right. That's right. So they've got to have – they've got to pass – the bill out of the originating body by that day. They've got to give it the three readings and they've got to get it out across to the opposite chamber before the end of business on Thursday the 8th. Or it, it, it's not dead for the, for the session, but it's really difficult to, to get a bill out if it's not passed out of its originating chamber before crossover. Yeah, it would have to be something really super last minute important. Right. Some sort of event that would take place. Yeah. yeah, I mean if some natural disaster were to befall the state somewhere, I mean it is tornado season. Right. So uh Well, and we all are still in a pandemic. So yeah. Well, that's true. There are yeah. things. There are Well, things. I mean, you know, it's it's getting better. So Right. Absolutely. All right, so that's that's what's going on this week. So um don't be alarmed if you can't find, you know, if if, if nothing is huge on the schedule or you click on a link and the committee is not meeting, it's because their house is not in session. The Senate is only meeting two days. Well, so, if, if, yeah. if, the, if the Senate calendar looks anything like it did last week, the, you know, Senate subcommittees and full committees were pretty busy because 
of right. the, the, the crossover coming up. So there was a sense of urgency in the Senate last week, and I would imagine Agreed. that there will be that similar sense for uh, particularly full committees this week right. to, to try well, and push and things you know, onto the um, floor. I noticed a lot of um, – I noticed a lot of the give it second reading and then reserving all rights on third with amendments and the roll call on third. A lot of those motions yeah. in the Senate, which moves the bill further along in the process, even though everybody's really not too comfortable with it. So yeah, um, yeah, there were several. That, that's like going that on a lot. Week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, several like that um, last week. All right, including so in, including one of the golf cart bills. So absolutely, that yeah. did happen. Yeah. I think a couple of questions came up about insurance. And I yeah, think that that's was what they were concerned that was, about. That was insurance. interesting, and and that bill is one that would just simply allow a city or town council by ordinance to allow golf carts to travel along primary highways in a city if that primary highway speed limit is 30 miles an hour or lower. So, and, it, and all it does is give the cities the ability to make that decision themselves, right? Right, right. So, so if they don't want to, they don't want to do it. They don't have to. Yeah. So, so Senator Rex Rice from Pickens County, he introduced that bill at the request of the city of Easley. And if uh-huh. anybody's familiar with downtown Easley, uh, the the main street is a is considered a primary highway, a primary South Carolina highway even though it's, you know, the speed limit, I think, is 25 miles an hour right Right. downtown where their their Main Street blocks are, restaurants and shops and that kind of thing. And current state law would not allow a golf cart to travel along that highway. You can cross over it Uh in a golf cart, but you can't travel along that area. And so the city, easily folks went to Cinder Rice and he introduced the bill and um, he the, the bill originally had a speed limit of 25 miles an hour or lower, okay. but the subcommittee and the full transportation committee amended it to allow for 30 miles an hour or lower. So when it so then when it got had debate on the floor last week, Senator Brad Hutto from Orangeburg mm-hmm. inquired about the level the amount of insurance that a golf cart should carry if it is traveling along a primary highway. Of course, in South Carolina, in order for you to drive your golf cart along any road, it's got to be insured anyway. Yeah, you got to have insurance on it, and you have to have it registered by with with DMV. But the question came up, and I don't know the answer. The question came up about how much insurance and what kind of insurance is required. And Senator Hutto believes that, that it ought to carry insurance coverage that is similar to that of cars in the event mm-hmm. that a car hits it or a golf cart hits a car. But, but in, as you said, in order to keep that bill moving along, uh, Senator Sean Bennett from Somerville, who was the subcommittee chair, asked that it be given second reading uh, holding all rights, uh, you know, everybody reserving their rights to right. amend it on, on third, third yeah. reading this week, uh, when it gets back, when it, when it comes back up on the calendar. So there was um, a funny moment, um, Scott, and I know you heard it when, um, Senator Cromer, Senator Ronald, Ronnie yeah. Cromer 
was talking about how he had a golf cart at the beach and he had one at home and yeah. he was talking to Senator Bennett and Senator Bennett said, well, I'm, I'm not part of that 1% that has a golf yeah. cart. I don't, I don't have a golf cart, much less two golf carts. <laughs> Everybody yeah. cracked up. That was yeah, pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Senator Cromer suggested that uh, said that one of his golf carts is called a a, a low speed vehicle, uh, which is a a different category. I mean, it looks like a golf cart, but it'll roll. You know, it'll go twenty five thirty miles an hour. It'll it'll right. get up and move. Right. And it's got seat belts, and you know, it's it's basically a miniature car. Uh, right. It's not a golf cart like right. you would. Right. It's not a think. golf cart. And, and and I love the golf cart. So and, and so Senator Thomas McElveen from Sumter. He always asks the question. Uh, he'll he'll ask somebody, Senator, do you know where I think golf carts, where golf carts belong? And uh, right. they'll look at him puzzled, and he'll say, on a golf course. He he right, does not right. like the no, the idea of golf not. carts being on the road. So anyway, that's <laughs> so that's that that is on the that is on the Senate calendar for work yeah. this week. Um, and it's gonna you're gonna find it under the third reading because they did give it second reading. But they, you know, made the motion to reserve all rights for amendments on third. So yeah. that's where you will find a lot of bills, actually, um, that the Senate can. That just gives them – it's just quicker to get it out um, yeah. and and to get it kind of moving so we can – so they can meet um, – they can meet crossover. So yeah. last week, the Senate worked through bills like we've talked about on their calendar. Pretty Pretty normal week for the Senate. In the House, they started last Monday – uh, about yeah. one o'clock and finished their version, the house, full house version of the budget on Wednesday morning. And Scott, you were there, you and Joni were there and Erica was there mm-hmm. for, for that debate. Tell me just a little bit. It, and first of all, before we start the discussion, nothing changed as far as local government fund, no. firefighters, uh, cancer benefit, um, PTSD. None of that changed, right? All that is Correct. the same. Okay. Yeah. All, all of the things Great. that we, yeah, all of the things that we talked about um, that came out of the Ways and Means Committee's uh, suggested budget remains in the budget that was adopted by the full House last week. So uh, nothing changed there. You know, the, the reason that that Joni and Erica and I were in the lobby for the entirety of the budget debate was to ensure that amendments were not offered on the floor that were detrimental to cities and towns. That's right. Because it's happened and, before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's happened it, before. We, we've we had to fight amendments that shut down the collections programs. We've had yeah. to fight amendments that took away local government fund money if a city did A, B, or C. So it's, right. it, it serves us very well to monitor very closely. Yeah. And, and, and so – and what made that a little more difficult – this year was the fact that the public is not allowed into the house gallery where right. you can you can kind of Sit and you get a yeah you get a better yeah. sense and feel of what's going on you can hear immediately when things are happening right and of course you're back at at, at the office you're watching it for us That's and right. so, so that you you know you're our eyes and ears in essentially in the gallery at that point and right. we're in the lobby and uh, uh, Representative Craig Gagnon, to his great credit, from Abbeville, every time new amendments were put on the desk, he would bring out the what I call the hot sheets. That's, I don't know right. that's what they're called, but I call them the hot sheets. They the come out with – they're, the, they're the list of all the, the amendments that are on the desk uh, that are upcoming. And so 
he brings out copies of those and it looks like a a a flock of vultures right. jumping on right. top all the trying to grab come, trying to grab come an running over <laughs> yeah but but the you know the the good thing though is these days you know you just walk over there and you don't need a you don't need your own copy you just take a picture of it that, at least that's right. what i do that's and right. uh, and you review those sheets and what you're looking for are amendments upcoming amendments that might have some negative effect on cities and towns and fortunately that they never one never emerged on the sheet right. so that's right but and if, we looked over i mean every time there would be a picture and a text even though y'all had it to all of us and we were all yeah. plowing through it to yeah. make sure that there was not any kind of you know anything that was i mean we we looked for we get real nitpicky, don't we? I mean, we get yes. real sometimes to the point where we're like, "Are you serious? You're asking if this affects us?" We're like, we just better check. We just yeah. better check. And those those sheets, what they do is is they they're in columns, they're Excel spreadsheets, and they're they're columns, and they list the the section of the budget where the amendment would go, and then it gives a you know a one line description of what it's supposed to be, and then it gives amounts yep. if there are any amounts. And whether or not and who that the would, sponsor is, yeah, who, who, the who is, is responsible for the amendment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, that helps. So you know, we're we're particularly interested in sections 117 uh, yeah. of parts of parts 1A and 1B of the budget, and then uh, section one the general sections yeah. in the local government fund, local aid to subdivision sections. That's right, and then section 118 in part 1B is sort of a catch-all as well, so we, we pay yeah. close attention to that. But um, unlike uh, past years when they've gone – when they had a lot of money to argue over, um, right. they they did not – they did not stay particularly late this time. They finished no. probably 7.30 on Monday night and around 7.15 Tuesday night, and then uh, in order to get third reading, they had to come back at 10 Right, on they had Wednesday. to have a new legislative day. Yeah, so they weren't in. They weren't in, but just a few minutes on Wednesday, and then uh, they went home for the next, you know, week and a half because of their yeah. uh, because of spring break. So, but the the so the House budget has been adopted. It's about nine point eight billion dollars. Um, Senator, I mean, Representative Merle Smith, who is the chairman of Ways and Means from Sumter, he said uh, after particularly after Representative Gildakov Hunter from Orangeburg. Uh, as she always does, asks for mm-hmm. and fights for pay raises and pay increases for right. state employees. Her amendment, she had three amendments that would seek, that sought to, to raise state employee pay. Mm-hmm. She withdrew those amendments or, or moved to table those amendments because, uh, Chairman Smith said that it was his intent to have a budget 2.0. Uh, later mm-hmm. on this year, sometime this summer, the summer probably in June, when mm-hmm. they would have some sense of the amount of federal dollars that the General Assembly would have to spend, right. and they would also have the new uh, Board of Economic Advisors estimate for estimate. state revenue, yep. which yep. will come in maybe late next month, sometime in May. Um, so his intent is to come back and I guess amend the budget prior to July the 1st uh-huh. and include state employee pay raises in there and then dispose of the federal funds in some way. Now, one amendment that 
uh, Gildicop Hunter did get adopted in the budget was an affirmation that the General Assembly would determine how and where the federal ARP funds would go and be spent. Uh, right, but don't the, no, don't panic. This is the state. This is money. the state. Every fund. every state right. gets money, and this is only the state money. This is not the money that goes directly to cities. That's right, because the the federal law, the ARP law, prohibits states from not sending that money directly to the local jurisdictions, to the cities and the exactly. counties, and they cannot. And states are prohibited from putting any sort of uh, of their own requirements or, yeah. or deadlines on that money, they have to. The states have to follow that law. What she was talking about, yes, is specifically the the funds that are going to the state of South Carolina, right? And how right. those monies would be spent. So, um, so basically, the budget, you know, don't take the budget that was passed by the House certainly uh, last week as the final word on the state budget. Obviously, the Senate will do with it what it pleases. Right. And they're then working in subcommittee now um, yeah. and planning, I think it's the week of April 13th, I want to say. It's the week after crossover where a full yeah. committee will begin That's its right. work um, on on the Senate budget. That's full right. Finance committee, full finance. And, and, and when the Senate gets done with its version of the budget, They'll send it back to the House for the House to concur or not. The House probably won't concur. It'll go to conference committee. The conference report, which will be a compromise budget, will come out, and then that will be the budget. But that budget will more than likely uh, change as a result of their work that they'll come back and do in June. Well, and you know, Scott, it might be, and I'm just I'm just speculating, it could be that we have – some better estimate by that time or a better idea of ARP money. So it could be that by that, you know, they may not have to wait until late June. They might be able to come back like in, you know, sometimes they'd like to come in like that first week in June or maybe even late May and and get that done. And hopefully they can do that because that, you know, people plan vacations around the Senate and the House adjourning at a certain time. So, Maybe yeah. they'll be able to um, to get more of that information. B- bottom line so is, I, I think. I mean, I, I I would hope, I would think the estimate would the later we wait, the better it is. Am I being yeah. too much of a? No, no. I, you know, bottom, okay. bottom line is the the FY22 state budget is going to imp- is going to change for the better in right. terms of the amount of funds that will be available for the general assembly to, uh, okay. to use and, and, and allocate. So when that takes place. As you suggest, we don't know specifically, right. but it, it will right. happen. The budget, the budget we'll get out of the Senate will likely not be the same budget we'll see come July first of this year. Correct. You know, it's every year the House complains because the Senate gets to add more money because they'll get an <laughs> estimate and they get like yeah. fifty yeah. more million dollars or something, and the Senate's like, "Oh, and you get a million, and you get a million, and you get a million, and the House is like, "Yeah, why can't we be the ones to do that?" Well, but I tell you what. Casey, it would be my guess that unlike the budget debate last week that was pretty tame and pretty mm-hmm. non-controversial it, it, in terms of, you know, how to spend money. Right, right. I mean, there were, there were some Agreed. dust-ups on the House floor right. about some, right. some right. amendments dealing with the social <laughs> issues, abortion, you know, uh, guns. But unlike past fights when there was a lot of money to fight over – 
We didn't yeah. have that so much this time. My my bet would be there'll be some there'll be some dust ups, there'll be some fights over over the, the ARP money. Over the increased amounts that we're gonna see from ARP and from the new yeah. VEA yeah. estimate. So well, stay tuned. Look, it's gonna be a lot of fun and, to watch. Um, Last Friday, you got the dome, and that outlined our major stuff, the cities and towns' major stuff in the budget. So I encourage you to read that. And if you have any questions, you can call Joni, you can call Scott, you can call me, call Erica, and, yeah. and ask those questions about that. Um, I, I meant for you to talk about, when we were talking about the Senate, I was so excited to talk about the House budget that I skipped over this, and I want to go back to it. I want you to talk about the railroad bill. That you right. were a part of the subcommittee hearing last yeah. week. I want you to talk about that because I think it's pretty interesting um, what we've gotten ourselves into. So, so Senator Dick Harpootlian from Columbia right. has, for several years now, yeah. filed a bill that would eliminate the caps on the business license tax that railroads have to pay. To cities and towns, there's a Correct. there's a law there's a law on the books, and it's been on the books since at least 1920, a hundred hundred and one years that, ago. That's before you were born, Scott. Yes, that, not that, much, but it's that, before you were born. This this law <laughs> requires railroads to pay a license tax to cities and towns across the state, but that tax is capped at no more than $2,000. It's based on population, and okay. it ranges from a low of $15 per year up to no more than $2,000 per year, okay? $2,000. Yes, yes. So okay. so Senator Harputlian, who hates the fact that the railroad, that trains disrupt the city of Columbia in terms of blocking Assembly Street, uh, in terms of, you know, blowing horns through town and, and just, just generally, in his opinion, being unwilling to address some of the concerns that he has and that the city of Columbia has, right. has filed this bill that would do away with those caps and subject okay. the railroads to the regular business license tax. I can't imagine that the railroad would be excited about that. So here's for the first time since he's been filing these bills, his bill this year, Senate Bill 397, I believe it is, mm -hmm. got a subcommittee hearing in front of a Senate Transportation Subcommittee that was chaired okay. by uh, Senator Tom Davis from Beaver. Davis? No, it's and not. So it was Senate Finance. Senate Finance. Said? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was the Senate, Senate Finance. Finance. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I apologize. Yes, yes, yes. So – we, you know, we had a we we're meeting. We had a meeting today um, with the Senate Finance staff, with the railroads, and with with Senator Harputlian to talk about addressing some of his concerns and uh -huh. uh, and, and potentially subjecting the uh, the railroads to the, the to the regular business license tax. And there are some challenges in terms of trying to figure out how to calculate their gross income and and. Whether what what constitutes their doing business in a particular city or town, but right. I just thought it it was interesting that uh, that this bill finally got a, uh, a subcommittee hearing, and then of course getting to watch uh, Senator Harputlian work in, action. in a subcommittee yeah, in action like this, and, and you know talking him t 
talking to him offline and, and working through some of the, 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 the things he's thinking about in terms of the equity of taxation. I mean, right. That's uh, right. And that was really his, his main point is that he has a law firm downtown yeah. and he has to pay business license taxes, but the railroads don't. Way more. Yeah. Way more in yeah. business license tax than, than they do to the city of Columbia. And, uh, and, and I think that resonated with the subcommittee members there. They asked yeah. some questions about that and, and understood how, uh, antiquated it seemed that this law is under which the railroads have continued to operate. Of course, you know, the railroads were here first. Um, right, right. <laughs> back in, you know, when, when the, when the railroads started expanding across the country, they did so with the blessing of the federal government, uh, to, to essentially you know, connect the Run country. Commerce. I mean, yeah, that's, connect, yeah, connect the country and do what you need to do, up to and including taking taking people's private property uh, to to do that. And so, as a you know, some of the legacies of of that uh, mandate remain today, and and this probably is is one of them. Whether or not this bill goes anywhere, we'll see. But it it uh, it was. Kind of a an interesting diversion. Fun to be a part of the, the other things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Scott, is that is that everything? I got to really nurture my listeners. I got to really give them what they want. A little bit of entertainment, some information. You know, I can't have people falling off on me now. Um, no, I I think what will be interesting this week, obviously, is to watch how furious the action will be on the Senate floor. Right. Um, and, and we've got uh, several bills we're watching on the calendar, so that's going to be. You know, we'll be watching very closely to that action on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, I, I would anticipate something happening with S40, which is the parking okay. bill yeah. uh, that's been on the contested calendar since January when it came flying out of Right, I was going to say, committee. it came zooming out of sub and full. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much people have been paying attention, but the Isle of Palms City Council last week uh, approved a change to its parking plan. Which was uh, a part of the the reason that Senator Larry Grooms from uh, Bono mm-hmm. uh, filed his bill, yeah. uh, and, and of course we continue to have talks with Senator Grooms and uh, the Department of Transportation Secretary Hall about the bill and uh, and and you know, making it better than what it was if it's going to move forward. So keep right. an eye on that. I would expect something will happen with that. If not this week, then certainly. Probably next week during crossover week, but next week right. when when it's really going to get crazy uh, yeah. in both chambers. Uh, That's right. People, you know, we have to be really vigilant. And we'll talk about this next Monday. But we, yeah. We'll have to be just like we were during budget week. We have to be really vigilant uh, for recalling of bills from committee. Um, right, and amendment. <laughs> an amendment. Yeah, of that course. is when the unanimous consent request period becomes something that you pay attention to. It doesn't matter what you're doing because and, it, it's very yeah. easy to get to get one back on that back on the calendar when you don't want it to. And and that and that's where it'll take the entire advocacy team paying attention and and uh, being vigilant as we all. That's are. right. So that's right. More more to come next week. We'll preview that. Uh, we'll preview that next Monday. Yeah, and we'll also we'll review what happened in the Senate. I imagine some bills are going to get are, are going to move this week. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll look at what happened. Um, and then we'll we'll move on to crossover, and we'll we'll kind of tell everybody what what's going to happen next week when um, we have three days left to to move some big bills. Yep, absolutely. 
Well, Scott, I hope you have a great week. I mean, I'm, I'm who am I kidding? I'm going to talk to you 19 times the rest of the week. I mean, Scott, I close every show, as you know, every podcast by saying, you know, obviously I ask for the callers and I, I get brutally rebuffed every single time when I try to ask for a caller. And, um, but I also, I want to remind everybody to read the dome. It's every Friday and it's got all the information in it. If there's a question, you can always call, text or email us and we can get you further information or explain it better, um, or more in detail. Just everybody remember to keep wearing your mask, socially distance from others and get your vaccinate vaccination if you choose to do so. Um, and also stay healthy, wash your hands, and just keep listening to the podcast because we're going to keep bringing you good information even when session is over in May. Take care, everybody. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.